Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the football pandemic Christmas week. Ho, ho, ho. This week we got a, that's a Friday game right on Christmas Day. We got some stuff coming up on Sunday that's going to have huge implications. But we're going to take a look back at the week that just happened. Look at the, one of our last couple weeks of fantasy. And then get into what's coming. Hey, guys. It is a jam-packed week. Uh, actually a jam-packed part of the year for football. Uh, we've got the, all of the Christmas games. I, I think it was um, Brandon was telling me earlier with this Friday game this week, we will have had a game on every day of the week during this uh, NFL year now because we had that Wednesday one with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It got uh, pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, and they they played on, uh, on Wednesday, which is not a game, not a time we usually have a game. Friday is also one we don't always get. And now with the addition of this Friday, we've had a Monday game, a Tuesday game, a Wednesday game, a Thursday game always, Friday game, Saturday games, and Sunday. NFL taking over our week. And boy, are we excited about it. Hey, speaking of uh, taking over the week, let's talk about some of this NFL stuff that is going on, that has been going on, stuff that we need to think about in the NFL. Tristan, what is happening? Well, we're, we're getting into playoff time. You know, a lot of a lot of playoff order and you know rankings are getting decided at this point. But let's start in the natural spot, uh, the Jets. Oh man, the Jets, man. I mean, if you're yeah. a Jets fan, I feel so so bad for you because your one hope of this absolute grind of a 0 and 13 season is that you got Trevor Lawrence on the other side of it. And right. And they he even lose, said, he even came out and said, I would play in New York. Uh, you know, I would go number one. You know, I like turning teams around. They had that that they weren't sure about. And then they got that hope. And now this. I mean, how do the Rams lose that game? I just, I mean, is it Jared Goff that didn't make enough plays in that game? I mean, I just don't know. That, they had so much to play for. And the Jets had so little to play for in terms of winning. So, like, they should, they should have mutually agreed at halftime, like, hey, like, We'll give you this one if you give us this one, and we can we can make a trade here. I kept thinking to myself, um, does Sean McVay hate Adam Gase in some way? Is he doing this just to to like? Does is there some some reason he has a problem with New York and doesn't want them to get this? Because how in the world do you do, do you lose that? <laughs> so I have a theory about this game. I think Bill Belichick and Sean McVay met about this this particular instance because Bill Belichick does not want Trevor Lawrence in the same division as him. Who does? He said, I will let you beat the New England Patriots <laughs> if you lose to the Jets. Because if they lost to the Jets, that moves Jets to their second pick in the NFL draft. Oh, but here's the so problem. Bill Belichick had a hand in here. Problems all around. One, they were fighting for their division. I mean, they're, they would not lose like that. But even with all of that... They don't know that Frank Reich might not make a little, hey, let's just rest a bunch of week 17 stuff, especially if we clinch in 16. And then maybe the Jets fall back into number one because who wants Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville? Not this guy. If you're if you're Sean McVay and let's just let's just get crazy here and say that, yes, he talked to Bill Belichick and said, OK, we'll make this happen. Why? What's stopping Sean McVay from double crossing Bill Belichick and saying, yeah, sure, I'll lose to the Jets. Yeah, just just give us this one. Nobody double crosses we'll Bill Belichick. Anyway. 
nobody double crosses I mean, Bill Belichick. I had a dream last night, guys. I just need to tell you about that. It was actually <laughs> the very last dream I had this morning before waking up. I was trying to do some sort of some sort of sermon, and people were talking all around me. And another campus minister came up, and we walked out, and we're standing looking out the window. And then somehow, you know how it happens in dreams, that turned into Bill Belichick standing there, and we're looking out the window, and he started kind of, he was kind of looking misty and a little teary. And I looked around and I'm like, patted him on the back. And I'm like, yeah, all right. We understand. Cause he had this losing season. He just kind of broke down crying. That was my dream, my real dream. So Bill Belichick, if you're really feeling that, I just want to say, Hey, it's all right, man. It's all right. Dreams like that are the best. <laughs> you just wake up and it's like, what was that? Like, <laughs> I was where with who? What? Yeah. That's not the first dream I've had with Bill Belichick and I having like a, you know, a bonding moment, which is weird because I'm a Colts fan, and I don't know why I have had a couple oh, dreams where Bill and I, and, and in both of them, Bill's turned out to be a pretty good guy in my dream. He's like decent. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> Honestly, I think the Jets, in the end, this could work out for him. I mean, Justin Fields, in most drafts, is probably the best quarterback prospect going in. So it's 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 a, a case of we don't know yet, but this, this it's just too funny to not uh, talk about just a huge upset where – the Rams really needed that game to uh, solidify a playoff spot. Um, elsewhere, let's let's kind of look at actually look at the playoff picture here. See, in the AFC, obviously you've got you know the Chiefs; they've clinched a playoff spot. Same with uh, the Steelers and uh, the Bills as, as well. But and boy, the hunt, that Steelers in, team. They've clinched oh a spot, but can you think of a team that has looked not good as much as <laughs> and has already clinched and not mm. looked as bad? Whew. And I mean, honestly, I, you, I like to see the an upset happen. That was a fun game on Monday night where you didn't expect much of a game. Yeah. And then seeing Juju Smith-Schuster get absolutely rocked. Like, I mean, come on. The whole TikTokers and that whole that whole thing, I can't stand that. So it's just so <laughs> funny to see someone who's going to just dance all over their field and then you get absolutely knocked or get rocked. And he deserved it. I mean... Yep. There's no, there's no doubt about it. If you're going to come in all cocky like that and you're giving the other team, you know, um, clipboard material, it's kind of an outdated reference. People don't, people don't read newspapers anymore. <laughs> Who use clipboards? But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, that, that gives the other team something to play for. And I think Mike Tomlin talked about it. Uh, well, like they're going to have a discussion about, okay, do you really need to do this? Can you not do this? Juju Smith-Schuster is a pretty overrated player, I think. I yeah, mean, he was good when Antonio Brown was there, and he's never really been the same since. He kind of mm-hmm. looked some flashes the next year. Then you really haven't seen as much. Yeah, he, he's a number two receiver. You need someone on the other side of him to really take defenders away. Yeah, and I think the Steelers aren't, aren't going to resign him, so he'll be he'll be else, elsewhere uh, next year. But teams in the hunt, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, they're 10-4. and four. That's uh that's a heck of a team, you know, a team that can, I, I feel, can beat anyone, really. I mean, it yeah. would be an upset to beat, you know, the Chiefs, for example. But they're a team that I think if they can control the clock, they can uh, they can do some things. You know they, what? The, Before you leave from them, yeah. I'm just, I'm super excited because um, I forget who the Cleveland Browns play this week. It's somebody really bad. Who is that? Is it the Jags? I think it's the Jags. Jet. Jags or Jets? No, the Bears play the Jags. The Jets. Yeah, the Browns play the Jets. So the right. Browns, you know, you never want to say the Jets can't win because look what they just did to L.A., right? But um, but uh, if if Cleveland wins and if Pittsburgh continues to slide, if the Colts beat them, which obviously I want the Colts to beat Pittsburgh because that assures us a, uh, well, with some other things we could <laughs> clinch. But uh, if that happens, 
going into that last game, that's Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, and they'll be tied up. And that will make uh, an extremely entertaining Week 17 um, Browns versus Pittsburgh. And I can see Browns taking that division. It would be so awesome. That, that would be super cool to see. I mean, if, if you're a Browns fan, now you're getting greedy. You know, you're like, okay, just make the playoffs, please. That would be, that's that's the goal. Now you're like, wow, we can maybe win the division. The division, let's do that. So it looks like on the AFC side, at least, the Colts and the Titans are, are probably in right now. Same with the Browns. Um, it's just that last playoff spot where it's it's either the Dolphins or the Ravens. Who do you guys like in that in that spot? Dolphins. Here's yeah, what I'm I, taking the Dolphins. Here's what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. If if Baltimore loses this week, that clinches the Titans, the Colts, and maybe the Browns. I think that's like one of the if they win, if they win their games, um, that's like a big deal. Baltimore holds a key. Uh, if they, if they lose. A lot can a lot can happen if they win. Uh, it's basically them and Miami are those ten and four teams. If you know they don't want to fall down and get into competition with those two nine and five teams. But right now, between Miami and Baltimore, I'd love to see Miami make it. That's me. So looking at the uh, NFC side, you got the the Packers already clinched the the North. The Saints already clinched the South. Seahawks already have clinched uh, the NFC West, and then uh, teams are in right now. Washington football team they are they're in right now that that's that's looking like a team I think that if you look if you listen to uh, people like Mia Kimes or Dominique Foxworth uh, Mike Greenberg those are all those people analysts are all uh, big fans of this Washington football team going forward because of the young players they have on cheap deals you got Terry McLaurin you've got Chase Young and if you I think if they they've got a good offense and, and defensive line if they find the right quarterback, that's something I'll I'll really be looking for in this offseason is who is the next quarterback for the Washington football team. Because mm-hmm. that that's a team I think has got a chance to really, really do some things in the next couple of years. I think Haskins is out too. Um, I think yeah. Alex Smith may be retained to be like that mentor uh, and to be like the bridge, but I think they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be looking for somebody else. I think they're realizing Haskins is not the answer for them. Yeah. So then teams in the hunt along with uh, the football team, you got the Rams and the Bucks at, at nine and five. I mean, that game this past week, I feel so bad for the Falcons, man. I mean, they get down, they get up 17, nothing against Tom Brady. You see Tom Brady on the sidelines with his head down and that, and that same type of thing that he had when they were down 28 to three in the Super Bowl. And it's like, when you, when you see this look, you know, it's over. Like when you see Tom Brady on the sidelines like that, you know it's over. And of course, the Falcons did that again. I mean, w- losing only helps them at this point. They're out of the playoffs, but that's just heartbreaking. Mainly looking at the the, the last playoff spot uh, right now, unless one of those nine and five teams really falter down the stretch. You got the Cardinals. Lord help me. You've got the Chicago Bears, <laughs> seven and seven. <laughs> I'll get to that in my Homer highlights. But what do you guys think about that? That last last playoff spot. I think it should go to Arizona. I think they're a better built overall football team. And if Kyler Murray can start going again uh, and start connecting with DeAndre Hopkins more, I think it's going to be a scary playoff run for them. Yeah, and the thing I think uh, before we talk about that last spot. You know, we've you you talked Washington football team, but they're not a shoe in um, New York. Sure. Uh, if New York beats Baltimore this week, uh, like I was hoping, that could set up. You know, they would be in the lead uh, if there's a tie because they have that that uh, tiebreaker. But 
I still want Washington football team to win. I just want everybody in our listening uh, listenership to know I'm rooting for the Washington football team. Um, but it's it's really scary when you're still looking at a five and nine team could could possibly still win a division <laughs> with the correct wins. Yeah. <laughs> and my my last note here in this playoff picture, uh, I think the Eagles might be out of it in the NFC East. They're four nine and one, but. I think they might have a quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts is the first quarterback in NFL history to have. Yeah. What was it? A combined have like 500 passing yards and 200 rushing yards each between the first two games. That's that's a pretty impressive start. You know, he he didn't make a whole lot of crazy throws in in that uh, Cardinals game, but you got you got Jalen Hurts who seems to have won the job going forward. No no matter. I mean, it matters what happens in these last couple of games in terms yeah. of that eye test and kind of what they remember. But what do you do with Carson Wentz? I mean, no team is going to take his contract and make him their starter, are they? I mean, that's a massive, massive deal. And then I just don't know what they do going forward. I've heard a lot, a lot of talk about Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis because Frank Reich. Yeah. I don't want to take on that contract, to be honest. But if there was some way where, like, they pay part of part of it, you know how this has happened before. They pay part yeah, yeah. of it and there's, you know, some sort of restitution. Maybe something could be worked out, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't see how they can, I don't, I don't see them going forward with Wentz. If Hurts wins these last two games, especially, I think it's like time to move to the young guy and start to cut these losses. It's just that big contract they gave Wentz is the, is the problem. And that's the problem with giving those big contracts before somebody's really proven themselves. Yeah, I think that's an interesting interesting to think about Wentz to the Colts because if there is a team who could take on that contract, it would be the Colts, and you don't have to give up a whole lot. I mean, are, are they still like top five in, in uh, cap room? I, I think so. they are. Chris Ballard's pretty frugal. Yeah, and that's a, a buy low type of move, especially if you can get part of the contract taken away. That would be really interesting going forward. Brandon Harris wrote in and gave us uh, some game analysis from this past week, and I'll go ahead and read those off. And then he's also got an interesting matchups to watch out for. Uh, if you saw the Pittsburgh Bengals game this past week, Big Ben had negative passing yards at halftime. Oh, yeah. He, he's looking like a Oof. like a 75-year-old Tim Tebow at this point. Yeah. So I think the- that's the best best thing i can bring brings up a question before you go on with the rest of whatever brandon was going to say is big ben done after this year i think so i mean after watching that monday night game he just does not look the same i mean he's made a few mistakes as well that really really hurt that uh, steelers team even into the second half and limited them uh, in terms of making a comeback but i think if you're the steelers you got to have you got to make a move this offseason because he hasn't always been healthy these last few years anyway. And he, he has been healthy all year this year. And it's, it and really looks like he's aged. He's aged how a quarterback should. He, he's had a great long career, Hall of Fame career, probably. And it's time to, to move on if you're the Steelers. And, and he's talked about retiring a couple times already. That's already entered his mind and the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was yeah. telling Brandon earlier uh, this week sometime, you know, take out Tom Brady, who is a complete outlier, complete outlier. Uh, but uh, Eli Manning, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and Philip Rivers all came in the same year. Am I right? Wasn't Ben Roethlisberger in that same quarterback class? I think it yeah, was Roethlisberger, uh, Manning, and Rivers. Yeah, and uh, you know Eli's out. He's won his two Super Bowls. Ben Roethlisberger's won two Super Bowls, right? And uh, he's looking like he's about out. Uh, Philip Rivers still hasn't won a single Super Bowl. 
love for that to change this year. Uh, but uh, he's looking probably the best of all three right now. But who knows how long any of them have left. You get to that age, again, remove Tom Brady, who seems to be inhuman. And uh, that that's the age where it it's, you know, you're going and you're looking good, you're looking good. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, you look like you're just junk. You're wobbling these lame ducks up in the air and you can't throw it more than 15 yards down the field. And everybody starts thinking, it's time for them to be done. So funny. I think that was draft class was the 2004 class. And Brady was in the 1999 class. And it's just like... Yeah, it's unreal. It is what been able to do. It's crazy. It really is. Yeah, if you're the coaching staff over in Pittsburgh, when do you talk about sitting Ben Roethlisberger on the sideline and bringing in a backup to come play these games? This close to the playoffs, do you think a backup is going to look better than Big Ben? Who are their backups? Is it still Mason Rudolph? Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. I thought Dobbs got. I thought Dobbs got traded. I, I think the backup backup right now would be uh, Mason Rudolph, which I mean we saw the Steelers' offense last year with him. It, yeah, he's maybe not he's progressed a little bit, but ugh. I don't think he's going to be. I'll at it. least trust. I'll at least trust the the game manager, you know, Wiley veteran and and Ben Roethlisberger, even if his talent limits you somewhat. I mean, he's he's someone who knows what he's doing and he's done it for a long time. Right. Or is this a situation where you call up Colin Kaepernick and sign him to a very short term deal to come play for you? Yeah, you know, the problem is everybody always brings up call Colin Kaepernick, but he doesn't know any systems this late in the year. Um, there's no chemistry. Uh, even if he can still throw a ball, it doesn't mean he has team chemistry and can just walk in on a dime and, and take a team somewhere. I've heard that over and over. Well, just call Colin Kaepernick. He's still waiting. It's like, well, that doesn't mean he's going to fit in in the last two weeks of a season sort of situation. Yeah, well. Go ahead and move on to Brandon's next point. As some of you might know, Brandon Harris is a Patriots fan. So this is more of a Patriots stat about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is 31st in passing yards this season and 36th in passing touchdowns. He has five passing touchdowns, and that's the same number as Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's wow, not good. Stat. I would just say, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I mean... Good try, right? I mean, they didn't pay anything for him. I think Bill knew I, that there was this possibility. The and uh, the last thing that Brandon Harris has before I move on to my points is uh, one, one of our favorite things that we watch out for are divisional title matchups in Week 17. And there's potential for that to happen yeah. with the Steelers and Browns. And this is what needs to happen this week for a Week 17 divisional title matchup. The Colts need to beat the Steelers. Booyah! I think that's, I think that's a reality. I think it's doable, and uh, I just hope it's not a trap of some sort. I hope it happens. The Browns need to beat the Jets, and we discussed this just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. We th- that should be doable. If if the Browns control the ball for most of the game, they they'll be just fine. If those two things happen, that's all that needs to happen. Then it's going to be a divisional title game. It's going to be Week so 17. fun. Steelers Browns and that can be the first time the Browns win the division since 1989. Man, that's when I went Oof. to college, guys. That's when I went to college. Oh, that go. isn't that isn't the same organization. That's a diff. That's that's technically the the Ravens organization. They have <laughs> they just haven't won the division. They've been to the playoffs one time since coming back in '99 as an expansion team. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Moving on to a few quick points. If we hop back over to 
New Jersey and look at the Jets, uh, Frank Gore has an interesting stat this week. He passed Lorenzo Neal for the most games ever played by a running back in NFL history. He's at 240. Lorenzo Neal is at 239. Tell you what, I'm a big fan of Frank Gore. He was a Colt for a while, but uh, even before he was a Colt, that guy just has amazing work ethic and he he just gets in there and does. You know, he doesn't make a lot of big talk. He just gets in there and does what he needs to do. I'm glad to see him still going. Before we go away from Frank Gore, I think it would be neat someday to uh, be able to build a team on Madden that was all people who had played into their... How old is Frank Gore, by the way? Is he in his 40s yet? No idea. I don't think has, has a think, running back ever gotten to their 40s. I'm trying to think what draft class is. It was in like 03. He's probably. 37. He's 37. Oh so gosh. he's not 40. I mean, for a running back to hit 37 is pretty amazing. I was just thinking to be, to build a team in Madden that had like Tom Brady and Frank Gore and Adam Vinatieri and just like all of the oldest players to ever play at their position. wonder what that would look like. That's fun. Yeah, if we uh, go up and praise the Minnesota Vikings a little bit, their best thing they they did after getting rid of Stefan Diggs as they drafted Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I think at the 24th or 25th pick, somewhere in the early to mid 20s of this year's NFL draft. And Justin Jefferson has surpassed a pretty famous other Vikings receiver as a rookie with his catches. He passed Randy Moss this past week with catches by a rookie Vikings wide receiver. And isn't there another record he can still break in these final two games of Randy Moss's? Yeah, there's a, a couple more things that he can go ahead of Randy Moss as a as a rookie, but I think that shows for what Justin Jefferson is going to be coming up in this league for years and years to come. Yeah, and that was a pretty good trade because Stefan Diggs has been pretty much what the Bills needed uh, for Josh Allen. Uh, man, he has been good there in Buffalo. And uh, this past week, as we all know, the Pro Bowl matters more than anything to all the fans and all the players. It's <laughs> the most important thing you'll ever see in the NFL. And there are four teams that are tied for having the most Pro Bowl players. Now, t- take all of this with a grain of salt. Grain of uh, salt. But we have the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Green Bay Packers all have seven players elected from their teams to go represent. How uh, do the Baltimore NFC, Ravens AFC. How the Baltimore Ravens get so many in there? That's what I want to know. It's probably just hype from last season. Yeah. You know what's exciting, or what's not exciting, what's interesting about this year? First of all, there were... And we'll get to this later. I'm sure there were some snubs, uh, but there's no chance for those snubs to even be brought in as a as a, a backup because they're not actually playing the Pro Bowl this year. They decided not to play it. They're playing Madden. Each of those Pro Bowl players are going to have a controller in their hand. They're going to play Madden. How ridiculous is that? Oh, extremely. It's. Uh, I think it's offensive to the players and offensive to the fans. They should have just canceled everything yeah. outright. J- just give them the recognition for being a Pro Bowl player, mm-hmm. but cancel mm-hmm. all events or postpone it until it's safer with a, with a vaccine and maybe do a midsummer thing. And one note on uh, Justin Jefferson before we move on, because don't forget that the Eagles passed up on DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in back-to-back draft classes. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> That's what you call good GM drafting. My, my final segment that I always do here in my new section uh, is we're going to add to our eliminated from playoff contention list and who clinched playoff berths this week. First off, and I'm sure you'll hear more about this when Blake talks about his Homer highlights, is the New England Patriots. Man. They are out. For Hard. the first time... Since 2008, I think, yeah. 
You're right. It's been a while, but it's significant. I think we should acknowledge it. Take a moment and stand at the window with Bill Belichick. Let him break down if he needs to. <laughs> yeah, let him cut your sleeves off your shirt and give you a Subway sandwich. <laughs> uh, with a loss to the Green Bay Packers, we have the Carolina Panthers. We talked about last week, uh, if they had this crazy three-week stretch, all of these different tiebreakers broke down, we would get a Carolina Panthers in the playoffs, but with a loss, they are now officially out. Even dreams die. Yes. We have the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think this is this has been coming for a while, and it's now official. We have the first NFC North team with the Detroit Lions. They are now out. Uh, no big surprise there. They didn't live up to the hype that everyone wanted to, to win the division this season, and they're gone. And the biggest one where if you would have said this a year ago, everyone would have slapped you in the face and told you you were lying. The San Francisco 49ers, they are out with a very rough season that they've had, and I'm looking forward to see what they can do coming in next season. Yeah, uh, depending on where they go, quarterback and a lot of some other decisions, they could they could bounce back and be such a, an incredibly hard team to beat next year with what they have. And we have two teams this week that clinched playoff berths. Uh, Tristan mentioned earlier the Buffalo Bills with a Patriots loss. Uh, really first time to clinch the division. First time since when? Do you know that? I, I'm trying to remember uh, off the top of my head. It's been a while. Since they've clinched the division, longer than since the Patriots have not been in the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's been a number of years. I don't have the exact year off the top of my head. And we also have the Seattle Seahawks are clinched and going to the playoffs. Yeah, but they still haven't won necessarily clinched that division, have they? The Rams could still take that back, depending on Correct. how they play. Yes, Oh, there is some exciting football this week as far as clinching scenarios. Um, I think uh, some of the big clinching scenarios that I'm, I'm looking at, if Baltimore loses, two or three teams clinch and get in. I think I, I talked about that. I think another big one is, and I know Tristan doesn't want to hear this, but if the Bears lose, I think that clinches uh, two or three teams as well because they're like one of those uh, scenarios it's this or bears loss this or the bears lose you know the bears are kind of keeping people from being able to clinch right now and if they win they spoil all that for those teams for a while yet so that's exciting bears stuff coming up <laughs> i win in your face yeah how do you like some apples Go! Talking about that, why don't we just go ahead and go into these Homer highlights and let's start with Tristan and those Bears and what's going on with them in playoff picture. Tristan? Yeah, so, hey, the Bears looked pretty good last week. They got a win over the Vikings. Uh, the offense looks to be rejuvenated somehow. I mean, there's there's that added running threat with Mitch Trubisky, who hasn't killed you these last couple of weeks. And David Montgomery, still a stud. He was the, the number one fantasy running back uh, this past week for you know another big game and he's a guy i've said is, is really good no doubt about it but yeah the bears they have a chance to win the playoffs i mean or to make the playoffs and and a chance to know, win the playoffs I, you never I'm, know <laughs> i'm i'm not going to get excited here's here's why i have as a, as a, a bears fan illinois football illinois basketball chicago bulls fan i've i suffer from what's called uh battered fan syndrome or bfs <laughs> if you want to my teams always let me down. So I'm getting I'm I'm getting ahead of the curve here. We're going to lose in week 17 to the Packers. We are going to lose that game. Sure, you'll 
probably should win this week against the Jags, but it's it's tough because it doesn't really matter necessarily draft the draft position at this point probably i mean you're going to be at the middle the middle of the road 16th 17th pick there's probably going to be a quarterback there who you can take if you like and if not you got to find another way to to bring in a quarterback i just hope this doesn't save pace and Nagy's job because this is this little run here is the exception to the rule we have all of last year we have the entire middle of this season minus a little bit of lucky let's be real some pretty big time luck and a favorable schedule this year it's playoffs or bust and if they don't make the playoffs they still both should be gone the funny thing is by playing well mitch may save their jobs but it's almost assured he's not going to save his even if he wins out they make the playoffs he's probably gone (laughs) i've seen you know i've seen some some talk of Mitch Trubisky contract extension. No, no, no. He's not the answer. You move on. You you move on. That's that's how you got to do it. You you can't just run this whole thing back again next year and expect anything good to happen because th- this team just isn't. Th- this team has nice pieces, no doubt about it. They've put together a couple nice games against mediocre mediocre opponents. I mean, the, the Vikings are their second best win. Um, the best win was the fluky win over a Buccaneers team on Thursday night football because Thursday night football is it's it's tough to judge what really goes on there because it's just a short week for each team it was earlier in the year they don't beat the the Buccaneers now so that's that's where I'm at with this team you you beat good team or you lose the good teams you beat bad teams so that's that's what I've got to look forward to but a quick little note on Illinois football Uh, I told you guys who a couple of coaching candidates last week and the coach has been hired one of the guys i mentioned brett bielma there you the, go uh, he was with he was with the giants uh he won a whole lot of games at wisconsin before surprising surprisingly making the move to arkansas he's a guy i'm really excited about i think he's going to build a program at at the university of illinois i think he's going to bring bowl games that's that's what we're looking for sustained success stack bowl games recruit the state well I think he'll be able to do that and uh, bring some bring some some relevance and some confidence to, to Illinois football. Everything's exciting when the honeymoon is starting. Let's see where this goes in a couple of years, but uh, maybe, yeah. maybe the expectations are so low. I mean, people people think just generally generally, Brett Bielma, okay, great coach at Wisconsin, tried to go to Arkansas, didn't go well. Well, he won like three games his first year, but then the the three years after that seven wins eight wins seven wins and that eight win season they 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 were really close to like 10 wins but regardless seven eight seven you do that at illinois that's a contract extension you are the coach because (laughs) it has been nothing but straight up terrible football mediocrity or the random pro bowl or uh rose bowl year in 2007 the sugar bowl year in 2001 where it's like where is this where this come from you know illinois football is rolling and then they just crash back down to three and nine four and eight so brett bielma is is the guy i think who who can bring a steady hand some comp some some confidence and some just just steady football year in and year out well it sounds like sounds like some interesting times ahead for tristan's teams uh even though there's still this this lifeline that the bears could make he doesn't sound confident we have one team in here that is assured that they're done for the year blake what's going on with our new england patriots 
We said it the best earlier. We didn't sugarcoat it. We just said they were eliminated. As simple and plain. It's been a bit terrible year for the Patriots. Did they have their bright moments? Yes. This week was not one of them losing to the Dolphins 22-12. to I mean, Cam Newton threw for 204 yards, which is probably the most he's thrown for the whole season. But he's not the answer. It's going to, I think, like, this is going to be more than just a this year thing. I feel like it's going to be next year. We're going to be in a rebuild year. So I'd say give it about two or three years, and we'll be back to our playoffs. Do you think Belichick's going to get Garoppolo or Brissett back? Do you think he's going to go for one of those past quarterbacks, bring him back in? Possibly. I mean, we're not that low in the draft order, so we can't really, we're not that high up in the draft pick selection. So we're kind of lower in that. So I don't know if we can find a quarterback in the draft or what we're going to do. But our receiving core is also not the greatest in the world. I mean, Julian Edelman's all right. Harry was all right for a rookie, but I mean, they're not the best. They're not the worst. Got some work to do there in New England. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, Stefan Gilmore being traded for basically draft capital? to help build a team and trade him to a team that really needs a veteran defensive player back in their secondary. Gilmore just went out for the year, didn't he? IR? He did. Yeah, I believe so. He had like a leg injury. What if he doesn't come back from that the same? That's true. That's where I'm thinking. Uh, That's a tough one because I like Gilmore. It's a defensive player. I don't know if it's going to be enough to generate enough draft capita, though. So we have to see when it comes down to it. Well, Brandon, let's right. uh, let's move on over to Green Bay. We went from a team that has no hope to a team that has basically clinched all it needs to clinch, right? Uh, almost. Almost. Yeah. Still needs that first bye week. Yep. So uh, right now we're ranked at, we're still ranked in the number one seed of the NFC going into this playoff picture. Uh, and we, we held on to that this week with a 24-16 win over the Panthers, which, as we mentioned earlier, knocked them out of playoff contention. It really was not a great game for Green Bay. Our defense kind of looked great in the first half and let stuff go in the second half, and our receivers just weren't catching anything in the second half. Uh, Devontae Adams was very well covered. Uh, there were a couple couple drops by Alan Lazard, MVS, but I'm not expecting that to be holding us down for these weeks coming up, and I expect they're going to get better. And I know every week I talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I love Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's a secret. And Aaron Rodgers hit another milestone this past week. He is the only QB in NFL history to have 40-plus passing touchdowns in three separate seasons. And I know a couple weeks ago that stat was 35-plus passing touchdowns, and that can continue to grow. I think he can get... Uh, 45 passing touchdowns this season and it'll grow one more time Uh, but he's the only quarterback in NFL history to do that and watch for that statistic to grow throughout the rest of these final two games I do want to talk about our Pro Bowl roster as we mentioned it's the most important thing the NFL does all season (laughs) and uh, Green Bay was one of those teams that was tied for first and the most players participating or I guess being nominated to go. Elton Jenkins, who is our offensive lineman that has played every position so far this season. Uh, And there was a a bunch of speculation to what position he would be doing in the Pro Bowl. He got in as a guard. We have Aaron Jones making his first Pro Bowl as a running back. Jair Alexander, who was snubbed last season and made it in this season. Uh, Zadarius Smith, who was snubbed and brought in last second last season. David Bakhtiari, our hopefully future Hall of Fame left tackle 
No surprise, Devontae Adams is in there, uh, just a dominant receiver in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers was named as the number one quarterback for the NFC, uh, for whatever that means for when he will play Madden, if he plays Madden. As we move forward, uh, Matthew is going to be the biggest Packers fan this Sunday night. Amen. As the Tennessee Titans travel to the frozen tundra. Yeah, I, uh, I really want them to win this week. Uh, I don't always root hard for them. I, I often root for them, but this week, take it down. But it's going to be tough. Derek Henry. Yeah, I do want to tell a quick story. A few years ago, on my when I turned 15, on my 15th birthday, I went to a Green Bay Titans game at Lambeau Field where Green Bay won 55-7. to seven. Now, I don't think the score is going to be like that again. But it's a good memory for me to have. Well, I, I hope they win this week. Uh, we'll, we'll just go jump over to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Homer highlight. We did what we needed to do. We beat Texas, uh, the Texans again uh, at the very end again with a fumble right at the end of the game by the Texans. This one forced by Darius Leonard, stuck his hand in there and poked the ball right out. It looked like they were going to get a touchdown and tie the game up, which would have sent it to overtime or at least given us a chance to get back. And it was a little a little more cushioned than the last time we played the Texans, but still uh, they play us tough and tight every time. Uh, so it, it wasn't one that inspired me to think, oh, we're so tough. We could beat anybody right now. But we did manage to keep up with the Tennessee Titans. We're both 10 and 4. We're just hoping to win out. We have Pittsburgh Steelers this week, which uh, they've not looked as good. So hopefully that means we can take care of them. And then, of course, Jacksonville in the last week. And they we gave them their only win so far this year. Uh, my, my favorite would be to beat uh, Pittsburgh this week and have Titans lose to Green Bay, therefore assuring us of, of the AFC South Championship. And then for us to kind of pull back and let those Jags win one so Trevor Lawrence doesn't end up going to Jacksonville next year, give that gift to the Jets. I don't know, maybe that's getting a little too micromanagey. But looking forward to these last two weeks uh, with the Colts and what goes on from there, really hoping though that they can, once they get in the playoffs, they can even stiffen up more and surprise a lot of teams with how tough they uh, are becoming. It's a good time to be a Colts fan, uh, and I only expect things to get better. I just worry about our quarterback position long term. I'm hoping to not have to. I would love to get Philip Rivers a ring and then him retire and us have to figure it out from there. We'll see. That's all looking a little bit too far into the future. Let's get into some critical questions here, or at least a critical question today. Brandon, you have one that you're going to get us before we head into Christmas. What is it? I'm going to go around to each of you, and I want you to tell me from your Homer team, who was snubbed from the playoffs and who should they replace on the current playoff roster? And if you don't have someone, you think the playoff roster is better without a certain player on your team there, that's completely fine as well. Uh, but we're going to start over in Chicago with Tristan to see if the Bears have anyone that should be there and who they would replace. So for the Bears, I think Roquan Smith is a, a big-time Pro Bowl snub, um, and I think he should replace either Bobby Wagner or Fred Warner uh, for the award. He has 128 tackles on the season, which is ahead of Wagner with 126 and Warner with 101. He has 17 tackles for loss on the season, which is way more than Wagner's seven or Warner's four. And he also is ahead of them in both in sacks as well. He has four. Uh, Wagner has three and Warner didn't have a sack this year. He's slightly behind them in quarterback hits and pass defenses. So that's, that's a, an argument for them, but 
I think in the major stats, you got to go Roquan Smith ahead of the of those guys as far as a Pro Bowl snub. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the East Coast. Blake, what do you got for New England? I kind of said this before the podcast. I don't feel like any of my players should be in the Pro Bowl. We've had a terrible, <laughs> we've had a terrible year. <laughs> it's been trash on the offensive side of the ball. Defense isn't much better. I'm just going to go with nobody is a Pro Bowl snub for the New England Patriots. No snubs, all correct, huh? (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, let's come back to the Midwest. Let's start in Indiana down in Indianapolis. What do you got, Matthew? Well, I think uh, there's one glaring and one that I would have liked to have seen. I think the glaring one is uh, DeForest Buckner. Um, He was, uh, I think, second overall at his position. And I can't tell you who should be out there that, you know, it's uh, Chris Jones, Cameron Hayward and Calais Campbell. It's in there. And I never looked up like the stats of which ones of those fell below. I just know that Buckner should have been there. I think that was the biggest snub on the Indianapolis Colts. I think the other one that would have been nice to see is uh, our kicker, Blankenship. Uh, He's up there. He's definitely above Justin Tucker, who got the nod here for the AFC. Uh, Justin Tucker down at like number nine or 10 on that list um, uh, of all kickers. And that's not all just AFC, but Blankenship's above him and Blankenship's a rookie and he's got those rec specs. He's a good story. That guy should have gone uh, to the Pro Bowl before Justin Tucker. Yeah, it's always hard for kickers to make the Pro Bowl because they only take one one person per position. Yeah, uh, and that's something I would like to see the NFL change, similar to a quarterback, is they all rotate throughout the game and get multiple kickers in there as well. Then you can have more kicking fun uh, with those little games that they play. If we move up farther north from Indianapolis and move into Green Bay, the glaring one is Robert Tunyon, mm-hmm. uh, and he has done quite well in all receiving touchdowns this season he's at 10 which is tied for fifth most in the nfl fifth as a tight end against everyone that does receiving touchdowns running backs fullbacks wide receivers doesn't matter he's fifth uh and i think he should replace evan ingram and there's only one stat where evan ingram is past robert tunyon on this and that's catches robert tunyon has 49 catches on the season and evan ingram has 54 it's literally a five catch difference and if that's the only stat you looked at when you did these pro bowl votings uh you did it completely wrong we have targets robert tunyon had 55 targets evan ingram had 95 targets there's a 40 target difference there for a five catch difference if you look at drops robert tunyon has zero that's pretty good evan ingram has six if you want to look at touchdowns it's a 10 to 1 ratio robert Mm -hmm. tunyon's been in the end zone 10 times more than evan ingram and if you're someone that cares about a qbr stat uh, robert tunyon is at a 148.8 and evan ingram's at a 60.4 everything is super clear on who should have made it and this is another reason why the pro bowl is so important to the NFL and uh, the players, <laughs> why it matters so much. Oh, that Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl in most years is laughable this year, maybe even more. Hey, let's move on to some matchups for this coming week, and we're going to stick with Brandon. Uh, and I want to talk about like what matchups uh, in a week full of good matchups. When you get to the end of the year, uh, matchups become more important because now now it's even the losing teams can spoil playoff uh, seeding, uh, and so there, there's more there. Brandon, what are you looking forward to this week, and what are you not looking forward to? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Rams Seahawks game. I always love a good NFC West matchup, and especially here at the end of the season when it has major playoff implications on which team is going to get a it won't be a one or two slot but a three or four slot or I guess a three slot over the NFC East and which team is going to get a five through seven slot now for my manure matchup 
Uh, I thought about thought about two matchups. If the Steelers show up the way they have the past four weeks, the Colts Steelers game is easily a manure matchup. I think there's going to be something slightly <laughs> different, uh, and I don't. Th- <laughs> I keep I, repeating my. I don't think the Steelers are going to be as bad as they have been here in the past few weeks. Uh, so I'm going to go Falcons Chiefs as my manure matchup. If the Falcons magically get up by the fourth quarter, they'll be down. Patrick Mahomes is a master at just coming back from being down and the Falcons are a master at just losing their games. So if that happens, I guess you can watch out for it would be kind of fun to witness, but don't look for too much to be happening there. In the my oh my game, I have the Cowboys versus the Eagles. Uh, Both of them are sitting at the bottom of the NFC East, Uh, but I think it'll be a fun little matchup to see if Jalen Hurts continues the route that he's on or if the Cowboys can magically put a stop to Jalen Hurts. Blake, I think we're going to move to you next. Uh, Do you agree, disagree? Do you have different games? What's marquee? What's manure? What's my oh my? I disagree with Brandon's my oh my matchup for sure. That was actually my manure matchup was the Eagles and Cowboys. So (laughs) that's why my face was kind of, you guys saw it was like a little sickening kind of face. And my my oh my is Brandon's Matt Marquis, which is the Rams Seahawks. I think that'll be a good game. And looking at that and look at the NFC West, I'll really t- take to see who gets the division. My marquee is going to be the Titans and the Packers, though. That's looking to be a good matchup and always fun to see Derrick Henry play and Aaron Rodgers play. So I'm looking for- forward to watching that game this week. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to disagree with Brandon also. He almost called Colts-Pittsburgh his manure matchup. I'm calling that my marquee matchup, and I'm calling that marquee because uh, that has— Oh, let's let's not go into the— (laughs) Uh, I'm going to call that marquee because— this has some uh, major implications for a couple different divisions. If the Colts beat the Steelers, uh, they could possibly either keep up with or maybe surpass the Titans. It has playoff for who's the leader in that division. But not only that division, uh, the the North as well, the AFC North. Pittsburgh and Browns uh, could end up in a game for division, like we said before, at the in Week 17 if uh, Steelers lose. But here's the thing. The Steelers, even though they haven't looked as good, Mike Tomlin and Big Ben are never an easy out. And they can come back after for looking kind of pitiful and like really look dominant. I don't expect this as a give me game at all. I think it's doable, but it's going to be tough. And uh, so I think that's going to be my marquee. And yeah, I know that the the Rams Seahawks decides that division, but that side decides one division. You know, I do hope Green Bay beats Tennessee. But I still say Colts Steelers is my marquee. My uh, manure game. We're just going to go to the worst. I think you guys all missed it. I think it's the Broncos and Chargers. Who cares? Who cares at this point? Justin Herbert's going to throw some balls. He's going to get some stats. But Broncos, Chargers, who's really watching that? Who? I mean, I guess Broncos and Chargers fans. That's it. But who else in the nation? None of you should be. I say it here. That's the manure game. You can let that one go. Uh, And then the my oh my game. Uh, I actually was going to pick the Rams Seahawks here. But since some people have already picked that for some other games, I'm going to go a different direction. We're going to go New York Giants versus Baltimore Ravens. This is my my oh my game because this one also has big playoff implications. New York Jets, if they win, they're keeping uh, Washington from, from claiming it. If they lose, Washington has their spot. The Ravens, as I've mentioned earlier, if they lose, two or three teams clinch 
playoff berths with their loss. And of course, they're trying to stop that. You know, they want to stay in this running. So I think New York versus Ravens is going to be my my oh my game. I really want to see how that one turns out, what goes on there. Uh, Tristan, what do you got for us this week in your 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 three picks against the spread? Yeah, so uh, first pick I got here, uh, Dolphins at the Raiders. Dolphins have a lot to play for. They're favored by three in this one. That's basically a pick em spread where if they get the three-point win, uh, they cover that. That seems like a no-brainer for me for that. And I don't think the Raiders, I mean, the, I think the Raiders still haven't been eliminated, but they still got a chance. But the Dolphins are just a much better team. They're playing much better as well. Another pick, Matthew, you're going to like this. Colts against the Steelers. I like the Steelers to cover a one-and-a-half point spread, even more of a nearly a pick em spread. I mean, the Steelers are in a slide. They've lost three straight, and they're already in the playoffs, whereas the Colts, you know, they've got, they're still, they want to win their division they, they, I think they look at this game and then the next week where they can get redemption against the Jags and, you know, probably take that division. So that's that's a pretty good mm-hmm. uh, pick there, I think. And then also Eagles, Cowboys, Philly favored by two and a half. I think that where they win by three, they'll cover that spread. Um, I think they I think they win. I mean, their their offenses look rejuvenated. The Cowboys. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this is a bit of a toss up. They've been playing a little bit better as of late. But I trust the Eagles offense a little bit more to kind of outgun whatever Andy Dalton's got back there for the Cowboys. One, one spread that kind of intrigues me, if you're, if you're feeling bold, if you're, you're feeling wacky, uh, Tampa Bay favored by nine and a half against the Lions. Now, I, I wouldn't bet the spread because the Buccaneers, I mean, they, they just get off to these disaster starts of a first quarter where they get down like multiple scores and they, they play really well. The quarters two through four and it's like where was where was that team i think bruce arian said that in his press conference of like if we could play the way we did in the later later parts of games we would be just unbeatable and the the lions though their their coaching staff has been looks like a lot of them are going to be out of the building they've been out of the building uh who knows if they'll be able to coach this week there i guess maybe there's are those are covid concerns the All game right. is still on at this point but no coaching staff the lions have nothing to play for and a Buccaneers team who who does have playoff implications are nine and five. They could really, really blow out the Lions, but that's that's a little bit too big of a spread for me. Hey, I want to jump back for just a second. You talked about the the Cowboys and the Eagles, and it reminded me uh, they had a running back who kind of broke out this um, last week and has looked better Johnny than Ezekiel Elliott has looked most of this year. What do you what do you make of that? Is that like a one week aberration, or did they find themselves another back? It's an important illustration in team building is the Cowboys running back position. You paid Ezekiel Elliott and the guy behind him is probably better than him. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard is, is a stud. I think he's, he's a guy, if he were in, if he were the number one running back in a lot of different, a lot of different uh, situations, he would be an above average player week in and week out. And he had a big game this past week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're the, if you're the, the Cowboys, no, no one would want to trade for Ezekiel Elliott because he got the contract. He's a, a, a running back who looks to be on a downward, downward slide and running backs don't really rebound from that. So I don't know. That's uh, it's interesting, but I think the Cowboys are kind of stuck with Zeke going forward. I think if there's one thing I've learned this, uh, this year doing this podcast is that Tristan's not really impressed by running backs. Just period. Mm-hmm. You don't draft them early, you don't pay them, and you just account for them to fall off really quick. <laughs> yeah. If you draft them early, then you got to pay them because you're not just going to 
there'd be very few circumstances, I think, where a first round pick, you don't get, you don't want them, you'd feel good with them not getting to a second contract. I mean, it's, it's long-term viability for a first round pick and running backs. They've just not, they give them credit. They are, they have a tough, tough job. Yeah. No, that's, it's not easy to be a running back. You're taking a lot of hits, a lot of damage, a lot of, a lot of pain week to week. And yet you just don't stay in the league that long for, for the most part. So yes, it's, it's a, a popular league wide op- opinion um, that running backs are not, you don't want to take them early. You want to do a committee and it's, it's one I wholeheartedly agree with. <laughs> Hey, we're going to do one of our few, uh, I guess we still have a few, maybe a couple more, uh, maybe one more, but uh, fantasy flashback, look at the votes for our fantasy teams, look at the, the the way our fantasy teams played out this last week. Brandon, what do we have? If you guys listened last week, you'll remember that Brandon Harris also voted with us. And so in our flashback, I'll also be including his stats. His one-week stats. His one-week stats. Uh, And so for the playoffs, I'm just going to stick with our playoff stats, uh, which started last week. And we had three of the five people went two for four. They got correct. And two of us got all four predictions right. And so let's uh, go to the... We have... Tristan and Brandon Harris. Uh, the key things were is uh, Blake and Tristan both voted against Floor and myself, who both won their matchups. And Brandon Harris said he would win and uh, Wilson would win. Both of them lost. Matthew and I got all four correct. Woo! I got all five last week and all four this week. This is my playoffs of picks, guys. My playoffs of picks. Yeah. Sorry, breaking news here. Juju Smith-Schuster tells reporters today he is done dancing on the logos. How about that? How about that? Mike Tomlin came in and said, Juju, here's what you're saying. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) One week ago, he he told reporters, I'm not going to stop being myself because that's I'm the guy who's going to dance on the logos and make a TikTok every week. Well, (laughs) one week later, that didn't age too well, did it? No, it did not. (laughs) Breaking news. You heard it here. Second. Yeah, so Matthew and I are the only two people in this in this uh, prediction league that has ever gotten all five games right. We've both done that once, and this week we both came in and got uh, first round of playoffs, one hundred percent correct. There's no catching the leader. You're the leader. I, no matter how perfect I am from here on out, I just can't seem to get there. Well, tell you what, let's talk about some predictions, some upcoming predictions here. Now we've got. Playoffs, and I thought this was our last game, but we still have several uh, games because of the consolation bracket and all like that. So we're going to go ahead and run into some uh, some predictions and picks here, and I'm going to let Brandon set our order and take us away, Brandon. Yeah, so we'll go uh, Blake, Matthew, Tristan, and myself. And let's go ahead and start with Blake's matchup, which is the seventh place game for this league for Clear Eyes Volhart. Full Hearts versus 24 Blast. So I'm going to take myself in this matchup. I'm looking at the rosters. Even if um, Brandon puts in a, either um, Mayfield or Jalen Hurts, I think I'll still get this win. I like my wide receiver matchup, and I like my running back matchup against him. So I'm going to take in 24 Blast on this one. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Blake here um, because I think, uh, you know, you get a quarterback in there, and he's got a couple on the bench. He's got uh, both uh, Baker Mayfield and uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, both who could slot in there nicely, and I think he'll find a defense, uh, 
I think defense was his other empty slot. Uh, but you put those in, and I think he the score uh, is going to be closer. But I look over at uh, matchups, and I see Ben Roethlisberger against Indianapolis and, again, uh, Smith-Schuster. Uh, I think they're going to be limited by that great indie defense. Uh, they're not going to put up the score that they may usually put up, and they haven't been putting up as great a scores in recent weeks anyway. Uh, yeah, he has some other some other players on the team here who who are pretty good, but I think you take those two guys and you limit them. And this other side over here, um, with clear eyes, full hearts, uh, running backs and wide receivers, I think are going to get the bigger score there. So I'm going clear eyes, full hearts. Yeah, I think I will go clear eyes, full hearts too. This- Kind of a tough matchup, but yeah, I, I really agree with you, Matthew. Some tough matchups uh, for 24 Blast. So 20 uh, Clear Eyes, Full Hearts is my pick. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Clear Eyes, Full Hearts. Uh, similar reasons you guys gave. And we'll go ahead and move on to the, our next game with that. Uh, our fifth place game, we have Knights of the Huddle versus TPT Football. Again, I'm probably going to go opposite here of what you guys are doing, but I'm going Knights of the Huddle on this one. I like Watson over Allen. I like his matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though Allen has a better matchup with the New England Patriots, maybe we'll just, we shall see. I like Jarvis Landry and Amari Cooper at the wide receiver positions. And I think running back positions, I think TPT football has it, but I feel like the Knights of the Huddle will pull out a close victory. Yeah, this was a tougher one for me. Uh, looking back and forth uh, at oppositions, both Watson and Allen, I think, can put up big numbers when they need to. I think New England's probably shown a little more of a defense than Cincinnati in, in most cases, although this last week, maybe that wasn't the case. Just looking down through the rosters, I like Montgomery versus Jacksonville. That's probably a pretty good matchup, but otherwise, I think I'm going to lean toward Knights of the Huddle for most of those other matchups, so I'm going to choose Knights of the Huddle this week you know i'm gonna go tpt football mainly uh because of that david montgomery um matchup he's got he's played really well these last couple of weeks been involved in some mild productive bears offense you know jarvis landry amari cooper both receivers who can who can disappear at times for nights of the huddle um and same thing with, with jonathan taylor as well as running back so give me, give me tpt football uh, that's a, a line if i trust a little bit more yeah i'm gonna go uh back to the nights of the huddle idea i've mostly liked how they performed this season and i i would like for them to pull out a win here for fifth place in the league now moving forward to our winners bracket these are the teams that played in the semifinal last week and the winners moved on to a third place game and the fantasy super bowl we're going to go ahead and start with the third place game which is sir topham hat versus wilson what do you think blake if you go off predictions you want to pick sir Topham hat but my gut feeling is telling me to pick wilson here's why i see russell wilson i see Derek Henry, i see tyler lockett go up against eagler and ahmed brown and cup i feel like that'll be a good matchup i think Travis Kelsey win the tight end matchup but other than that I'm going Wilson on this one guys and again I'm disagreeing with Blake I think I'm going Sir Topham Hat with this one because you look at Wilson and he's got a lot of Seattle against LA happening there and he's got a couple New York versus Baltimore I think LA is going to come back this week really looking to prove that they're not the team that lost to the (laughs) to the Jets only that they have a right to be in this and they're going to they're going to come hitting hard Uh, And their defense has proven to be pretty good against Seattle in the past. So I think uh, Russell Wilson's still going to get some points. uh, But man, you got Carson, you got Lockett, you got a lot of points wrapped up there in that. Uh, And on the other side, Tom Brady uh, is going to play against a Detroit team that has no defensive coaches right now. That's got to be good for him. You got Eckler uh, against Denver. That's going to be good. The rest of the people on his his roster are good too. I I think Sir Topham Hatt's going to take this one. Yeah, I agree with Matthew. I like 
Sir Topham hat. Since like week 10, Russell Wilson has not been a good fantasy quarterback. Same thing with with Tyler Lockett. He's had a really a few weeks of just not very good, you know, single digit uh, type fantasy performances and in, in regular PPR scoring. And Austin Eckler, he, he didn't have a great week last week, but he's a guy who gets a ton of catches, ton of volume. I think Salvan Ahmed is going to be back as the is the is the main running back for the for the Dolphins. I know he's been in and out of the lineup. And then you got, you know, Travis Kelsey who's just a stud tight end. You know what you're going to get week in and week out. He's like the one reliable fantasy tight end week in and week out. So yeah, give me Sir Topham Matt here to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sir Topham Head as well. I agree with Tristan. I think the Seahawks overcooked Russ. <laughs> and uh and we'll go from there. Uh but I got Sir Topham Hat for the win. And going into our last and probably most important match of this matchup of the season, the one I'm really looking forward to, our fantasy Super Bowl. We have Big Thighs versus Mop LeFleur. This one's tough for me to choose, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna choose Big Thighs in this one, even though they're closely like 0.8 of a difference on the projected. I think I'm taking Big Thighs this week. The reason being, I like their wide receiver matchup a little better. I I like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams in their matchups against Atlanta and Tennessee versus DeAndre Hopkins. And Allen, I know they're playing two of the worst teams, but I feel like Tyreek Hill will play big against Atlanta. I think Devontae Adams will play big against Tennessee. I think Kyler Murray will have a good game against San Francisco as well. So I'm going to go with big thighs this week. Yeah, this this was probably the toughest one for me to pick. Uh, not because of their projected totals, both being 131.44 versus 5.2. What is that? It's not even 10 point difference. Or I mean a point. 10 it's it's so close not because of that though as i look at the rosters usually i can get a good gut feeling i don't know tennessee can play tough but i mean i think aaron Rodgers and aaron jones uh can do well kyler murray can do well san francisco can clamp down on him we've seen that um but you know when i look when i look down through the list man hopkins against san francisco could be big but i think i'm going to trust hill and chubb and cook uh, all, all of these players that I, and Justin Jefferson, all on the big thighs, I trust them to like be able to have bigger games in a, in a, in a moment when they need it. So I'm going to go big thighs as well. I'm going to go big thighs as well. This is, I mean, this is a really tough matchup, two really good teams. Here's where, where big thighs could run into a little bit of trouble as you know, with starting Devontae Adams is great, but any touchdown he gets, Mop LaFleur also gets with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So there's that. And then uh, a couple of good matchups um, or a couple of good players coming in off big weeks with Corey Davis at the flex for, for Mop LaFleur and Darren Waller as well. I, I don't expect another big game for, for Corey Davis. Trust uh, just, Justin Jefferson week to week a little more. So, yeah, Big Thighs is my pick here. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say Big Thighs is going to win this game. Uh, and that's 100 percent bias. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to see how it how it's going to turn out. It's going to be my favorite matchup of the season. Abigail, I told him, if you're listening to this, I told him he needed to pick Mop LaFleur, even if he thought he was going to win, just for peace in the household. Because, by the way, everybody listening, this is a man and wife matchup for the very last game championship here, uh, and he's voting for himself. I think that shows some sort of selfishness there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey, guys. Um, it's been great uh, talking this week. I'm excited about the football we have coming up Friday through Sunday. I uh, hope you all join in, uh, watch some great games. Join us again next week. We'll be hitting Strictly NFL. Fantasy's done. <laughs>